October 2014 was the second time I thought of taking my own life. December 2010 was the first. During both months, I had to take short-term disability leave from work to take care of personal business at home. I called it postpartum depression, once the breastfeeding stopped and the happy oxytocin left my bloodstream. But there was a lot more at play. I was stressed out and angry, turning into a heartless bitch who didn't blink twice at displacing more senior engineers to get the work and the glory. I felt guilty. I felt guilty picking up the kids at 6.30 p.m., getting at home at 7 p.m., and putting them to bed an hour or an hour and a half later. It couldn't go on. The traffic on I-10 was getting to be unbearable in Houston. Worst of all, I had false beliefs about what I had to be. Perfect. A perfect mom and a perfect engineer and a perfect wife and a perfect volunteer. Despite winning multiple awards for my work, I was never satisfied with who I was. They just made me feel more ashamed of myself. I would show them to my mom. Yes, I still needed approval from my mom at 25 years of age, and she shrugged them off. I was Young Engineer of the Year in SWE Houston. I was SWE nominee for Engineers Week, a national award. But no, she simply shrugged off what I had shown her and it broke my heart. Like everything else negative, I internalized it deep, and I ruminated until I was suicidal. I questioned my validity as a family female engineer in the oil field. Sometimes I would believe the rhetoric that they only chose me as a diversity candidate, even though I had volunteering experience had gotten a fairly good GPA and a bevy of scholarships during my senior year, as well as all through college. And in December 2010, something snapped. I had to make a production profile in less than 24 hours, and there was $200 million on the line. I was a nervous wreck, running on five hours of sleep from taking care of my one-year-old. I couldn't take the pressure. My technical mentor sneered at me, and I cracked. After two weeks of group therapy and trial by being asked, Are you feeling suicidal on this antidepressant? by a psychiatrist, and the holidays, I went back to work on a nasty flat line, as flat as the lifeless landscape in Houston, where my mood was somewhere between ground level and six feet under. But at least I wasn't suicidal, right? But in October 2014, things got worse. I had another break from work on short-term disability, and this time I was somewhere between ideation and attempted suicide. I remember walking up the cold cement stairs in the north garage on the campus, one at a time, until I broke free to the roof. There were dozens of pigeons huddled near a lamp. They were so free. They could fly where they wanted to go. 
They were not trapped to the ground. For a few moments each day, they could dive and swoop and simply be themselves. Be birds. I remember looking down from the top of the garage and taking a deep breath, rejoicing that it would be one of my last. I, too, would enjoy that feeling of flight. My thoughts became incredibly clear. It was time to jump. I could see the target pattern enumerated by the clay tiles below. Gosh, it would be so embarrassing if I didn't land in the dead center of the tile pattern, I thought. I started laughing like a banshee. Here I was at life's end, and I still wanted to end it perfectly.